Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you are tuning in on today, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Matthew King 96.7's Game Time, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts, and of course, Kurt the Dirt Buckerfield. How are you, my friend? Shawnee, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm beautiful, thank you, my friend. I'm beautiful. Uh, it's been quite a dramatic seven days in the world of football. It started off with the Champions League. Um, I mean, Graham Potter pulling a rabbit out of a hat, I guess. So he gets to stay a little bit longer. Uh, good result for Chelsea? Yeah, I think a very good result for Chelsea. Um, I didn't manage to catch the game. Of course, watch the highlights. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy for him because I, I want him to do well now, now that everybody wants him out. Um, I actually would like him to do well. But um, no, Chelsea will be very pleased to have advanced to the next round. I think that, I mean, Dortmund domestically are having a fantastic season. I think they're unbeaten in like 10 games. or I yeah. think they've won, in fact, their last 10 games domestically. Um, so that was no easy feat for Chelsea, um, considering the, the form they're in. Um, so now two back-to-back wins for Chelsea, um, two back-to-back clean sheets. Um, they will just be hoping to carry this momentum into um, this weekend's Premier League fixture. Yeah, one would hope so, especially for Graham Potts' sake, that's for sure. I think the talk of the week, uh, or certainly the Champions League, is PSG out again of the Champions League. Um, Curdy, it's, it's you, know, con- you know, just considering Mbappe's scoring record and you know what a quality player he is, it's it's not good enough for him and obviously speculation of his career. How do you see this unfolding? Yeah, so I think, firstly, Bayern went into that tie as favourites. Yeah. I don't think PSG were ever favourites and that says a lot about how they run, um, where they are, despite the big names they have. Um, Bayern, over the two legs, were very, very efficient, as you'd expect. Um as they are generally in the early stages of knockout football in the Champions League. And they did it again. They controlled most of the first leg dominant in patches against PSG this week um, in the tunnel win at uh, at home. So they thoroughly deserve to go through PSG, you know, not even able to get on the score sheet over the two legs. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think the way that this plays out is that somebody's going to have to take the fall for it, um, which is what you normally see at PSG. Yeah. Um, and I think that the full guy, I think there'll be full guys. I think uh, Galtier will probably not see out the season, the head coach. Um, and then I think that a lot of blame over the next few days will be shifted to um, Luis Campos, who is the, the sporting director, who has a very good reputation in football, um, who has previously worked at some top clubs. Um, I think he built the very, very famous Monaco team of seven years ago or six years ago now that made it pretty far into the the Champions League and won League One with a very young Kylian Mbappe and uh, who else was in that side? Um, Some French guys. So a lot, yeah, like Bernardo Silva. Um, so he was sort of responsible for building that team and then he did very well at Sevilla um, a couple of years back. So he's got a great reputation but at PSG, unfortunately, when you analyze the, the transfer business that he did, it's just not good enough for a club like that. Mm. I think that PSG intentionally tried to move away from this quote-unquote bling-bling model, um, you know, move away from signing these high-profile players on high wages. Um, but the signings that they made, Carlos Soler, uh, Fabian Ruiz, Renato Sanchez, they've all been brought in as like midfield reinforcements and have performed very, very poorly. So 
I think that if you look at it, the the players that they brought in, the business that they did, did not match the the board's ambitions of winning the Champions League. Um, and it's a, another catastrophic failure. Um, and there will, of course, now be a lot of speculation over Mbappe's future. I've just read a report this morning actually saying that PSG would have been able to extend Mbappe's contract by a further 12 months had they won the Champions League. Mm. Um, but now that they've been knocked out, uh, that that one-year extension option is, is totally up to Mbappe. Um, he has another year on his deal after the season, mm-hmm. but there's every chance that he walks away for free, um, like he was expected to do last year. Yeah, it's, it's hard to fathom, right? He spends so much money on a player, um, not just spending on a player, but the salaries, his, his exorbitant salary that he's getting paid and he gets to walk for free. It's, it's, it's mad. It's bad business. Yeah, and look, when you have, I mean, Mbappe and Messi just a couple of months ago were two of the best players at the World Cup. Um, they were excellent for yeah. France and Argentina. They put on a great show in the final. And when you have those two players unable to inspire PSG to just score a goal in a, a Champions League knockout round, it means that something's drastically wrong sure. with the way that the team is structured. Because those are two genuine world-class players um, unable to yeah, to, to, to create like a clear-cut chance, really. Mm. They did nothing against Bayern. And I just think when you look around them, that team is not built for the Champions League. And interestingly, that's exactly what Mbappe said after the game. He said, Bayern have a team that is built to win the Champions League. This is our level. He essentially said, this is the best that we can do, mm. which is quite a damning admission. Um, and yeah, it's no doubt just going to fuel a lot of ex- uh, a lot of speculation over his future. Damning, but brutally honest. Yeah. 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 Um, let's move on swiftly. Tottenham unlucky to get knocked out? No. Not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were hoping Antonio Conte's return to the... the so, um, I, I watched a bit of the, that game because it kicked off, I think, 10 minutes late due to delays. So when it was halftime at PSG Bayern, I switched over. And, you know, Spurs just aren't brave on the ball. There were so many opportunities where they could play a progressive pass. They were maybe edging closer towards the box and there was a player on. Just give him the ball, a player on the edge of the box or a player just outside the box. And they would rather play that percentage pass, um, which is just so disappointing to watch, I think, especially if you're a Spurs fan at home. Um, So they just weren't brave enough. um, And yeah, they've been knocked out. 1-0 1-0 in aggregate, but um, ultimately with a, a 0-0 draw at home. They are sent packing and now, just like we discussed with Mbappe, there will be loads of questions around Harry Kane's future. And does he sign or does he sign an extension? Does he stay at the club? Does Conte stay at the club? What happens next? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Talk of Harry Kane going to United as well, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of talk about that. Um, I think that he's probably in a list of targets, but uh, I'm sure that he would be considered a priority target mm, mm. if the club um, got the feeling that he was he was available. Yeah. Uh, last game, uh, Benfica smashing Club Rouge 7-1 on aggregate, 5-1 on the Knights. I didn't get to see the game. Did you get to see it, Kurt? I didn't, but I did watch the highlights. Um, Scott Parker, who was manager of Club Bruges, has subsequently been sacked. Wow. It's his second sacking this year. Um, or no, this season, rather. He started off at where was he at Fulham he was at Fulham yeah no but after that that, no he went to Bournemouth sorry he went to Bournemouth after Fulham um, was sacked at Bournemouth and has now been sacked 
as a club Bruges manager. I think he had only two wins in 11 games or something like that. So a very disappointing um, run. But uh, yeah, um, right. Let's 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 move on to the UEFA Europa League fixtures coming up. Um, a couple of interesting ones: Sporting against Arsenal. Um, Roma, Real Sociedad, United versus Betis. We'll touch on United just now. Uh, yeah, Arsenal hopefully going to continue their good form. Yeah, look, I'm not sure that the, the, the Europa League will be of the utmost importance to Mikel Arteta, um, considering their, their Premier League title charge. Um, Sporting are a really good side and they play really good football. So it won't be an easy tie, but Arsenal obviously going to that as favourites. Um, but like I said, it just comes down to how seriously Arsenal take this. Mm. I think Arsenal, on their day, even if they've played a, a changed team, um, you know, even if the likes of Tierney and maybe Reese Nelson, I know Gabriel Jesus has actually returned to training. So maybe if they do give sort of minutes to these kinds of players that are currently um, mm. not in the the starting eleven or the strongest starting eleven, I think I think they still could qualify. Mm. But um, yeah, sporting it, it will not be an easy fixture at all. No, especially away. Um, Kurt, let's just stay at Arsenal for a little bit. Are you are you surprised at how well they've done this season? I think so. I think I think like like United, like a few clubs actually currently in Europe, they they're ahead of where they should be. I think, um, and I think everyone was impressed by the transfer business they did at the start of the season, particularly signing Zinchenko and Jesus from. City. Um, I think everyone was sort of impressed and thought, okay, you can clearly see what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Younger players for a long-term project. Mikel Teta clearly has the backing of the board. Yeah. This should be interesting. But I think when you when you see where they are right now in the Premier League and how sort of dominant they've been, um, I think only a couple defeats. Um, they've played, I think, the best football in England this season. Sure. Um, they've 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 been excellent, and I think it is surprising. But Mikel Arteta is an excellent manager, mm. and um, yeah, it just shows that when you when you sort of have faith and you you give a manager time, even a manager who fans are calling for, like I mean, do you remember Mikel Arteta art? People yeah. were very very upset with that man a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, even after he won the FA Cup and even after he won the Community Shield, people wanted him gone. Um, they weren't willing to give him time. Fans weren't willing to give him time. But the club were, and it's paid off. And um, I think he, he takes his job incredibly seriously. Mm -hmm. And you can sort of see why Pep Guardiola rated him so highly and, and why he was Pep's uh, successful assistant for a couple seasons. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's it's been very surprising and uh, very fun. I, I can't wait to see what happens next because if Arsenal do win the league, how do they build on that? How do they sort of, does that give them momentum? Do they become sort of England's next, you know, dominant club like City have been? Mm. Um, does that, does that inspire them to European success? What does that look like? I, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Yeah, interesting. And, and don't forget that they've, they've been so consistent. Um, and, and that obviously filters down from the top, like you say, back in the backing the manager, manager backing the players, and it shows on the field of play. Um, let's move on to your team against against Real Betis, and it's a, um, it's an interesting one, Kurt. Obviously, we're going to segment into the Liverpool result now, but um, this will show their balls, right? I mean, how do they come back from that? 
Um, but in a nutshell, this is a big one for everyone. This is a big, big test. It is a big test, and we'll get into that Liverpool game now. But I think that when people ask the question, will that Liverpool result define the season, um, tonight's game will be your answer. Mm. Obviously, the next couple of fixtures too will need to be taken into consideration. But it's very, very important for United fans right now to see a response. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, and before we sort of dive into that thrashing by Liverpool, uh, we asked the fans what you thought of that result and this is what you had to say. This past weekend, we saw Man United losing by 7-8 to Liverpool. For me, it was just a freakish day. It was just a freakish moment. Uh, Man United has made huge strides from the team that it was last season to be where it is right now. So they just need to forget that it was just a bad day in the office. They have done so well to be where they are so they can redeem the situation even coming from this Thursday in the Europa Cup and they must just know that they are a better team than what happened on the day. It was just a bad day in the office. But Manchester United, we can care against Liverpool. No one expected those results. And uh, we remember the, 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 the past games, United, they were playing well. Uh, in the past four fixtures, the Premier League fixtures, we know they, they played um, uh, four games and then they, they won three games. And then they drew one with Leeds United. And that shows that Eric Seven Hag was doing a fine, good job. Unfortunately, uh, this result at Anfield, it was not going to be easy for Manchester United to win there, as we know. And uh, remember, Liverpool, they are not in good spot when it comes to Champions League spot on the lock. So, Seco, he planned well for this game. He knew he needed three points. He knew he was playing home in front of the fans. So it was not going easy, to be easy for Manchester United even to collect a draw. So it was a tight game, not to lie. It was a tight game. And um, and I wish them all the best in their next fixture against Southampton on a Sunday. I hope they will start collecting three points. They will pass that phase or that what happened on weekend against Liverpool. Those are professional players. I know it's not easy. I wish them all the best. I think the 7-0 loss to Manchester United. Just a freakish moment. Uh, if you check, the team has been winning, winning left and right, home and away, and uh, be able to come back from a goal down or two goals down. I think it's a good wake-up call to say uh, you are not at your best, Manchester United. Because I even had the coach after a 2-0 win over Newcastle uh, in the FA Cup. Coach said this team doesn't want to lose. So I think against Liverpool is a good wake-up call. To lose 7-0 from a big team like Liverpool is good. Unlike losing 7-0 I mean, from Burnley, losing 7-0 from Brentford. So I think this is a good wake-up call. Uh, it's time for them to wake up and pull their socks higher than they were before. And uh, But I still see them finishing second or third. You know, Ten Hag is it's, it's, uh, really changed that team. Him and Benny McCarthy, I mean, the way Rashford is scoring goals, you can clearly see that uh, it's how Benny McCarthy used to score. I don't think there's anything wrong that Manchester United is doing. Uh, just that on the night they met a team that had uh, fluctuating results uh, both in the league and in different cups. So on the night they were just too hungry and they used all the opportunities that they got 
the chances that they created, they scored seven of them. So uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with Manchester United. It's just that they weren't ready for the response or the attack that was executed by uh, Liverpool on the night. So they must just keep their heads up and soldier on as they have been doing in the past games. game between Manchester United and Liverpool, like, it was such a fascinating game to watch. They are trailing, attacking-wise. So, yeah, it was such a game. But for Man United, losing by 7-0, it was very embarrassing to their supporters and to the to the badge that they were wearing. So, there is something else. Because Liverpool was, was not doing well until they play against them. So, it surprised a lot of people that, like, Liverpool won by 7-0. The performance of Liverpool it was very, 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 very good. Defensive, attacking. I was really pleased, really, about the way they were attacking, the way they were defending as a, as a team. They were so united. Now, regarding to Manchester and Liverpool, it was just a matter of game plan. Manchester was not bad. Liverpool got their chances. They score. Then Liverpool, Manchester got chances, failed to score. So it was one of those games that the team just get all their chances and score. And the other one doesn't score their chances. So it was not a matter of maybe poor performance or what. It was just a matter of lucky game on the day. Then the team win by seven goals. Not to say uh, Manchester is, is a bad team or they were not technical discipline at the back and in the middle. That's where things started. They were not technical discipline. As for Manchester United and Liverpool, it was bound to happen. Manchester United have been playing every weekend and midweek games. UEFA, the Carabao Cup, FA Cup, the League Cup. I think they were tired because you can see the school, the Manchester United squad is so small. So they were bound to, to lose that game. And Manchester and Liverpool were not doing good. So they were trying to prove a point that they still won the game. They can bounce back. So even Real Madrid, they must watch out from Liverpool and on their home game. They might win. The game between Manchester United and uh, Liverpool, it shows Jorge, it's the same as Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates. That's what happened. So everyone knew Jorge, Orlando Pirates is on form and will beat Chiefs like nobody's business. But it happened uh, vice versa. So what's one I like Liverpool? Liverpool is, uh, this season was, was not that best. So Manchester United for the recent uh, past since World Cup. So they've been uh, like on form. Uh, Rashford is scoring each and every game. But immediately, boom, Liverpool's winning 7-0 against uh, Manchester United. Manchester United was came to that game with the best lineup, like best, best, best. So it changed everything. Liverpool just won like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, just like that. So it shows for Bolo is not is not uh, won on paper. It's not won in paper. So you, you you have to go and play to show the world or Tota you are the best, not on paper. So Liverpool just surprised everyone there. No one expected that result from Liverpool. And uh, especially Liverpool, the Manchester United coming from that Carabao Cup final. So, <laughs> hangover was all over them. Hangover. Yeah, that's football. Let me first congratulate uh, Liverpool supporters. Uh, they did a uh, good job. More special, our African star, uh, Salah. 
now and then is the real best player in Europe. And then uh, let me say, uh, many your supporters are lucky guys. That's the football. Win, lose, draw is a part of a game. Anyway, the score was heavy. Was heavy for uh, many. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, last last of last year, Liverpool was receiving same score from Aston Villa, of which they know how how uh, pain is about this goal. How can um, a second-class team win 7 not lose 7-0 though? So uh, I'm very disappointed with the club, Manchester United. Anything can happen, even even Pirates, you know, it's not it's it's not doing well, but uh, you know, they they very play they they also played well against the club, uh, you know. Yeah, they they very well they, they very um played well against the club and yeah, I'm I'm seeing the predictions there, you know, it's um it's not uh like, you know, up to standard but they need to up their games. Um they can't be, you know, um losing according to their level of standards and uh i'm very yeah i'm very um disappointed in such of um two best clubs south african and 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 european right so uh you know i don't see you know i don't see um them losing but uh you know for them losing as a team you know they just don't uh like lose like that um like seven nil or, or or 3-0 or, 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 you know, no matter what the score might be, but um, rest of the team, United, you know, embarrassed itself, you know, so, but uh, I don't, I'm not saying that um, best team don't, don't, don't lose most of the time, but uh, I just say, you know, um, there are times whereby um, you're a best team, but you also have to, like, uh, lose most of the game you cannot perfect every game that you play sometimes there is win sometimes there is lose and um in order for them to fix the the the, the problem they need to come together and uh, like uh, you know um have a meeting together and with the management and themselves too you know fix the mistakes that they uh are doing some, you know, are doing at some time, you know, yeah. But yeah, strengthening them, they need motivation to to have courage to always win. But yeah, you can't have it to always win, you know. Hey, Manchester, ah, ah, I yeah, it's gonna take time. It's gonna take time for Manchester to come up the way he was, the way even a call. Well, Kerry, you heard them. Um, interesting, not surprising. A lot of them shocked and surprised. Uh, Kurt, it's, it was a day to remember for both sets of fans, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so firstly, you know, a, f- a few very measured responses there by the fans who sent in those yeah. voice notes. Um, I, was, I was quite impressed with a lot of the analysis, actually. Yeah. I'm sure that those voice notes would have been very, very different had they been recorded immediately after the game. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people have had time to, you know, really sit with that result now. Yeah. But yeah, my my immediate response was just shock. I was like, it just it was also a Sunday. You know, you're going into the the work week on the back of a seven nil defeat by your biggest rival. Mm-hmm. As a fan, nobody wants that. So I was, I was shocked. I was, I was hurt, John. Mm. Um, but now, having had a few days to think about it, 
um, you know, I'm trying to rationalize that result and the significance of it. Um, and I think it's just one of those freakish games yep. that happen from time to time in football. I remember watching the 2014 World Cup and seeing Brazil concede seven to Germany on home soil in a, in a semi-final. Um, I remember sitting on my couch as a youngster and watching United give Arsenal eight many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so they, these results can happen. And um, ultimately, I know it's a cliche, but Liverpool just took their chances. They had yeah. eight shots on target and scored seven of them. Yeah. Usually in football, you, do, you, you don't see a conversion rate like that. Yeah. Um, usually a, a, a team that dominates on the day might have anywhere between 10 and 20 shots at goal, yep. they might score three or four if they're lucky. Liverpool's efficiency in that game was just so high. And um, yeah, that that's what will happen sometimes. But yeah, will it define United's season? Like I said, that will depend on what the reaction looks like. United have suffered some big defeats this season, that 4-0 to Brentford, um, that 6-3 to City, and both times they bounced back really strongly. So... Yeah, having having watched obviously all of their games this season and, and having been very impressed by Eric Ten Hag, I would expect them to do the same. I, I think that um, they will bounce back. I was impressed with Ten Hag's reaction in his press conference ahead of this this week's Europa League game. Um, he said, "We made the mess, and it's it's for us to now clean it up." Um, and he was very sort of clear and calm and measured in his his response. So. I would expect United to bounce back, um, but no, the taking a seven-nil hammering by your biggest rivals is, um, is is difficult, very difficult. Yeah, and by no means they were outplayed in the first half. I mean, there were definitely chances for United, um, and that's why the gentleman said in that uh, in that insert that it was a, a freakish game. Exactly what you said as well, Curti, and it's. Uh, like you said, to for a team to score six second half goals is is crazy. It's crazy, and like you said, I mean, United could have easily gone into the break a couple of goals ahead. They had some good chances. I remember Rashford's one that 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 one sticks out to me, where yeah. Shaw plays it over the defense and Rashford tries a, mm -hmm. a first time finish, um, but gets it totally wrong. Um, any other day that goes in the back of the net, um, and you know the game's not necessarily won at halftime, but United go into halftime feeling far more confident than they did. Um, Gakpo scored at a very crucial time just before the break. Yeah. Um, and then and then something special happened for Liverpool, you know, and uh, Anfield and the atmosphere, everything that surrounds that, you know, iconic stadium sort of takes over and United then start to play uncharacteristic, you know, passes. Yeah. Um, players sort of lose their heads a little. They are potentially trying too hard to get back into the game. Mm -hmm. I think that there was some naivety from United's side. They tried to play the exact same way, even at 3-0 down, which was probably a mistake. But um, you saw just sort of uncharacteristic errors throughout that second half from United players. And that's what will happen when you are feeling the pressure of Anfield, yeah. when you are so desperate to come back into the game. Um, so, you know, on balance, I think that I would just put it down to a freakish result, but obviously credit to Liverpool who were excellent on the day. Um, and uh, yeah, well, let's see how United react. Did you see that cool picker Jamie Carragher put up with? Um, um, 
Gary Neville in the background sulking. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Those are always entertaining. Even as a United fan, that is. Yeah, yeah it's funny, man. Um, yeah, crazy times. Cody, anything else we should be keeping our eyes open for the next week or so? No, I, I think uh, we, we've touched on all the, the key points, but I think there will probably be a lot of speculation over Messi's future in the coming weeks as well. So keep mm. an eye on that. There's... Uh, there's reports that Barcelona recently, well, Barcelona did in fact recently meet with his dad mm-hmm. um, to discuss like a tribute match. But of course, there's going to be speculation that there's something bigger that could come out of that. Um, now that PSG have just been knocked out of the Champions League, I'm sure that's going to be a hot topic. Sure. Cristiano Ronaldo plays tonight um, in a big match in Saudi Arabia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, you know, go go out there and have fun is what I said. <laughs> And that is how we wrap up this week's episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on SL Podcasts, today, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Mucky King 96.7's Game Time, thank you so much for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts, and that has been Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. I thank you again, my friend. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Cheers. Thank you very much, man.